born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Do you ever watch sometimes the United Nations and some of those that will be giving some of their speeches? And most of it is a hate crime. Why don't they get some of these guys for hate crimes? And can you imagine the stupidity of some of these guys that are on human rights councils? They're the last people that ought to be on a, the human rights. They're the one that's doing the damage. They're the murderers, the dictators, the killers. And they're on their, well, we're going to make sure that everybody does right. Whoa! How did they get there? I, I, I see faults in all this. I think the United Nations ought to be kicked out of America. We ought not give them a dime. And I don't see why in the world we're supporting any money to any of these nations that don't love us. You're not for us, then you're against us. And why support your enemy? Anyway, I'm not running for office. Just thought I'd throw that out there. No charge. <laughs> but you might as well know a little bit about where I'm coming from. But now look what he says there in verse 45. For as much as thou sawest that the stone, which is Christ, was cut out of the mountain, which is Israel, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. It says, The great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, the interpretation thereof it is sure. This is what is going to take place. Now take your Bible and turn to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7, and look in verse 13. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 13. This is um, a little bit of a picture for you to see what is going to take place. And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom, and all people, nations, and languages should serve him. So we know that the Bible talks about somewhere along the line, there's somebody going to come on the scene, and all the nations are going to come together, and they're going to serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. This is not the Antichrist. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. So there is one coming which all the nations of the earth are going to 
eventually give all their power and support behind Jesus Christ when he comes. There will be a judgment of the nation, and Christ himself will rule over the nations of the earth. And believe it or not, Israel will be the greatest nation upon the face of the earth. Look at it right now, at the impossibility of all the nations, 180-something or something like that, way up there, all these nations that are against Israel. And you would think, well, it would take a miracle for that to change. Well, it will. It will definitely be one. But they are going to change. And they are going to come around to God's way of thinking. And the Bible even says this in 17th chapter of Revelation, that God has put into the hearts to turn the hearts and so forth of the people to fulfill His will. So during the tribulation period, when all these nations come together, and God says, I, I am going to put a hook into the jaws of Russia and pull Russia down. And her allies are going to come together. But that will take place toward the earlier part. And there is going to be a great war. When I was in Israel, I, I had some of the guys that were, were sitting around, we'd talk, you know. And he says, do you know, we have more gold and silver in the Dead Sea. Now, I don't know if this is true. But it's the lowest part in the earth. And that which is weight goes down. And he says, we have more gold and silver in the Dead Sea and other kinds of minerals that's more wealth than all the world put together. Anywhere else in the world, they got more of it right there. That they have what they, they have oil. Now, remember, it, it makes us say, Asher shall dip his toe in oil. Israel has oil, but that's in the book of Genesis. Nobody believes that anymore. But Israel has oil. Israel now has found not only oil, but they've also found gas, natural gas. Russia is going to come down against Israel. One of these days. I believe very soon. Israel is sitting ready to have to do some damage to somebody. Because here's the reason. God made a holy covenant. A holy covenant. And they are not willing to honor that holy covenant that God gave to Israel. They don't care about it. They don't honor it. One of the things you'll hear from the prime minister of Israel is that they, they need to recognize Israel's right to exist. Their right to life. The right to be a nation. But you see, the Palestinians and the Arabs, they want to destroy the nation of Israel. They don't want peace with Israel. They want a peace of Israel. But that's not what God's talking about. And God said, I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And you say, well, look how the Arabs have been... You know, blessed. I know, but it ain't, it ain't over. It ain't over yet. Don't judge too quickly. God knows what he's doing. Now look in verse 21. Verse 21. It makes the statement in verse 21. I beheld and the same horn made war with the saints. Prevailed against them. Now this is during this period of time right here. The tribulation period. Because he... Most of the scriptures, as you study the Old Testament, does not refer to between the Pentecost and the rapture. This is church. So as you study Old Testament scripture, prophecy, most of it has nothing to do with this period of time where we are. It deals with here 
and hear because of what the Old Testament prophets saw. This is a mystery that they did not see and totally understand. There were hints toward it, but not full recognition. But look what he says here. In verse 22, Until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. So when Christ comes back here, all of the saints, we that are going to come back with the Lord, and the saved that comes out of the tribulation period, we are going to possess the kingdom. We are going to rule and reign with Christ. We are. So there might not be a lot that we'll do between now and then, but I don't like to use the rapture as an escape from responsibility while I'm here. I believe that we still ought to do all the right that we know to do because did you know we could be totally wrong on our timing? I would like to read the Bible and it says on September the 28th in the evening at 6 o'clock, I will return in the year 2011. Now that would have settled it, wouldn't it? But he didn't do that. So we have been guessing at the year for over 2,000 years. And he may come this year. And he might not come this year. As you study the New Testament books, you'll find out that it doesn't tell us to look for any other particular signs. It was always he could come back at any moment. Any moment. Because, see, I don't, I, don't, I don't care when he comes back. Just do it soon. But I do enjoy living at this time because, man, I can't hardly wait to get to the newspaper to hear the news at night to see what's going on. What else is happening that's exciting? Now, if you don't know any of this stuff, you could be scared to death. You don't know what's going to happen. Ah! But if you do understand some of this stuff, man, it is exciting to you. How many of you are relating to me? How many of you understand what I'm saying? Would you raise your hand? How many of y'all ain't got a clue? No, 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 you can't. <laughs> but this is something that we've been teaching and we believe this could happen very, very soon. And yes, the rapture could take place this week. And the, 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 the part that hurts about all of this is, is Steve Yant going into the hospital on Thursday. <laughs> to get him a new heart. He's back here waving his hand. <laughs> he might not even need it. But if Saturday shows up and we're all here next Sunday, don't you come in here weeping and wailing and gnashing your teeth. The Lord promised and he, didn't, he did not. He didn't say when he was coming. Oh, I know the time of the year that I think it might be. And I like to believe that that's when it's going to be. But I can't put it in concrete and say definite because I do not want to at any time say, God, he can't come back today because, you know, this is not the face of trumpet. I mean, this is not Rosh Hashanah. I mean, I can't, he can't come back now. Yes, he can. He's God. And I don't know exactly what he's going to do and whether or not this really will be the date because, you know, this starts this, but how do I know there's not really maybe a little time in it? I don't know. I just believe that when this comes out, that starts the seven week of Daniel because of the timing and how God lays out everything. But I might be wrong. Hank may be right, but I might be wrong. I don't know. 
Well, one of these days it's going to happen. That's the important thing. Now, what I want you to do is uh, look there in verse 23. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, Babylon's already off, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, shall tread it down and break it in pieces. Now, right now, see, we have where one thing hits in one country, it hits, affects everything. When it stock markets bottom out here, it affects the whole world. This whole world is so unified together that it's, it's pathetic. I, I don't like it, and I don't like America losing its sovereignty. And I don't like it whenever we're so affected by whatever happens someplace else, it affects us to, uh, where we're devastated. But that's the way it is. Look in verse 24. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings. Remember the, the beast that had the ten toes? All right, everything has happened except the last one, the one that has the ten toes. The ten toes is during this period of time because Rome took it up there. And that was the legs of the, uh, after the, the Grecian Empire. So that's already been done. The next one, the last one is ten toes, the ten king, the ten horn. That's right here. Now, he makes a statement in verse 24. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after this, which we believe is the Antichrist, because they will give their power to this Antichrist. So that is what is going to come. Take your Bible now and look in the book of Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Verse 24 talks about the 70th week of Daniel. Those 70 weeks are seven seventies. So that means there's... Um, 490 years total. And there's a time limit in this, talking about going up to the time of Christ, which would be 69 weeks or 483 years. The temple was uh, about seven weeks in building, that was 49, so that's why it's mentioned in there. Now, when he makes the statement up here that the Antichrist is going to come, and you'll notice in verse 25, Messiah the Prince. So the Messiah, the true Messiah, the real Messiah is called the Prince. He's coming. But then it says that he is going to be cut off. See there in verse 26? And after three score and two weeks shall the Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. That's when he went to the cross and he was killed. And then the people of the Prince, the people who are against Christ, but for the Antichrist in the future, he is going to come. And he is going to to make war. He's going to take over, but he's going to do it in a, a different way than what you and I would think that a man would be able to get into power. I'll show you that in a second here. So anyway, you'll notice there in verse 26, after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the princes shall come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now this happened whenever Rome came in and they destroyed the city and so forth. And it's been down ever since. We're looking for the time when the temple will be rebuilt. So how in the world do you think Israel today would ever get any Arab country to agree to let them build a temple on Mount Moriah? And they don't even have to tear the other one down. I, when I first went there 25 years ago, I walked up on that thing and I looked around and I looked at the eastern gate and I stood there and I looked at Mount uh, Zion and I said, there's the eastern gate right on the other side. I hadn't even been there before. And I had clues. And it's sealed up, which the Bible says in Ezekiel it would be. And there it is. It's all sealed up. And I said, the thing has to be right to the north of it because it has to line up, I believe, the exit door. 
and the sides of the north. The sides of the north is that the side of it on the north side faces north. But east faces toward the mountain, toward mountain right, right toward the eastern gate. And so that's the way the Messiah is supposed to come in. But anyway, that's another sermon. But I am excited, but I had questions about it. How are we ever going to get the nations of the world to accept the fact that we need to have a temple built upon that temple mount? Because the Antichrist is going to go in the temple and claim himself that he's God. Where's the temple? So it has to be built. Something has to happen. Something drastic has to happen to make the Arab nations and the United Nations authorize a treaty where this can all take place. So therefore, I believe there's a good possibility something devastating is going to take place and Israel is going to take and deal very harshly with something very soon that's going to drive them to the table and they're going to willingly let Israel do what Israel wants to do in order for them to get their Palestinian state. Just remember, you heard it right here. I don't know when. I don't know exactly how. I, don't, I can't put a date on it. But because I know the Bible, I know what has to happen and what has to take place. So it's, um, it's, it's going to come. Now, in these scriptures, it says there in verse 27, And he, the prince of the people, the Antichrist, the one that they will exalt that represents them, is going to confirm the covenant with many for one week. That's seven years. That's the seven years right here. And it's going to be the worst period of time the world has ever known. Isn't it true that even right now, Israel wants peace? I listened to Benjamin Netanyahu the other night on, uh, he was being interviewed, and he says they want peace. They'll do almost anything for peace, except stop the building on the West Bank and all that side, and outside of Jerusalem. But they want peace, but they want them to recognize their right to exist, and so um, see how that plays out. Now, take your Bible, look into chapter 11, very quickly, chapter 11. One of the things we know about this last world leader, and remember, there's generally far prophecies and near prophecies, one that happens soon and one that happens way in the future. History repeats itself, so God can give one prophecy and Parts of it will happen soon, and another part of it will happen later. Now look there in verse 20 of chapter 11. Then shall stand up in his estate, and you ought to underline these words. This is what he will be mostly about. A raiser of what? A raiser of taxes. In the glory of the kingdom, but within few days he shall be destroyed, neither in anger nor in battle. Verse 21, and in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in, and here's that word, you ought to underline it, peaceably obtain the kingdom by, you ought to underline the word, flatteries, and with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him and shall be broken, and, yea, the, and you ought to underline that phrase, the prince of the covenant. See, there is the holy covenant that God gave to Israel concerning the people and the land. There is a peace treaty that must be made by this world council and given authority to Israel, but it's not the same covenant because this is one they make and it's one they break. 
And so it says in verse 22, the last part of verse 22, the prince of the covenant. Turn the page, if you've got an old Schofield reference Bible. And you'll notice what he says here in verse 28. Then shall he return into his land with great riches, and his heart shall be, and you ought to underline this phrase, against the holy covenant. They are against Israel's right to exist. They're against Israel's right to the temple site, against Israel's right to the land. And so they are against the holy covenant, the holy covenant, the gun that God gave. Now, look up there in verse 30. It says, For the ships of Chittim shall come against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant. Shall how he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. And then down in verse 32, I believe this is their covenant where he says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. Now all these things are mentioned throughout the scriptures here but trying to separate between the covenant God gave and the one that they make. And they will make a covenant, but they will break the covenant because of what they want to do. They will, this will not eliminate the desire of the Arab nations to destroy Israel and to totally annihilate them. And if it was not, if it was not for the Lord coming back when He does, no flesh will be left alive. God says that it's possible for man to destroy man from the face of the earth. Well, where am I going to be while all this is going on? Well, the Lord is coming back just for me. See, this is going to be the worst period of time in the whole world. And the Lord, He loves me so much, He don't want me to go through that. So He's going to come back and get me and he says, if y'all want to go, he'll, he'll take y'all too. But he's coming back for me. I am, I am his pet child. But if you want to go, then you'll have to do what I did. And I, I, I trusted Christ as my Savior. Do you see why you need to trust the Lord? You see, this is in the Scriptures, and you're talking about watching the evening news. This is like reading the, tomorrow's newspaper. The Bible is true. Do you think it's just a coincidence that all these things are going on, and yet the Bible's told about this all these years in advance? It ought to cause a person to have a great respect for this book and believe, you know, maybe God knows what he's doing. Maybe God still is in charge. And I believe that um, we're living in a very, very exciting time. I wish I could just start on a Sunday morning and just teach the book of Daniel and Revelation without stop. Just, just non-stop. But y'all couldn't handle it, so I won't do it. I want you to know this. You need to know how to be sure you're going up here. You need to know for sure that you're going to heaven whenever you die. A lot of people don't know this. They don't understand it. But there's only one way to get to heaven. Not two, not three. And I don't go your way, you don't go my way. We go God's way or we don't go at all. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. He hates what we do wrong. You can understand that. You've got children. Don't you love your children? Yeah. Do you love what they do wrong? Well, no. Aren't you married? See, yeah. 
But look, don't you love your husband? You just don't like what he does wrong. Don't you love your wife? You just don't like what she does wrong. So mine doesn't do anything wrong. Okay? God says we have all sinned and come short of God's perfection. And the Lord says to pay for the sin is eternal separation from God. See, God cannot allow us into heaven with sin. Because that would make heaven imperfect. So we can't go. That's why we need a Savior. God says you cannot save yourself. Because all of the good works you could ever do will not make you perfect. It will not make you good enough to go to heaven. So the church, and I'm glad you came this morning, but I hate to tell you, you could join our church, but it won't get you to heaven. And if you gave some money today, thank you. But it can't get you to heaven. None of your good works will get you to heaven. Won't even help. There's only one way to get to heaven. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. Now he hates what we do wrong because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. But because he loved us, he took our sins and died in our place. It means he paid for my sins. See, if he paid for my sins, what it means is I don't have to. It means that I don't have to go to hell and pay for one sin because he paid for all of mine. So did Christ die for you? Yes. But the payment, see, is not put to your account unless you believe he did it for you. So see how easy it is? All you have to do to go to heaven is to believe that he did it for you. You've heard that he died on the cross. Just believe he died and paid for you. See, there's a God in heaven that says, I will save all those that believe I did it for them. Can't get any simpler than that. Has nothing to do with your language. Has nothing to do with your skin color. Has nothing to do with your language. It's a gift. It's free. It's for whosoever. So God says, whosoever, believe it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, believe anybody, if you'll believe it, you will not perish. You will not go to hell. It means I don't have to pay for one sin. You mean of all the bad things I've ever done? Yeah, I've done a bunch. I might even do a whole bunch before I'd get out of here. But they're all paid. I had a man tell me this just yesterday. He says, you mean to tell me that I, if I still do things wrong, I still go to heaven? Yeah. That's a crude way to put it, but yet this is the truth. So it's up to you as an individual. Will, will you believe it? Made sense to me. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust him this morning? I'm not going to have you forward, and I'm not going to embarrass you. But right where you're sitting, you say, Preacher, that made sense to me, and I will accept the payment Christ made for me. And Preacher, I'd like you to pray for me in closing. If what I said made sense, would you do it right now? I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you trust Christ right now, God saves you, and I'd like to have prayer for you. And so I'm asking you, would you let me know? Would you just slip it up very quickly? Just slip your hand up very quickly and say, by that, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. Yes, God bless you. Okay. Anyone else before we close? Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one for being here, and especially the one indicating that they would trust you as their Savior. We ask your blessings upon us, upon our country. And Lord, we do pray for that little nation of Israel and Jews around the world. 
And Father, I pray that you would put a hedge about them and protect them and help us as a nation here in America to do right by the nation of Israel. Because, Father, we believe that if we honor them, you'll honor us. But if we curse them, you'll curse us. That's a covenant you made. And, Father, we don't do this because somebody deserves it, but because you promised it. So thank you so much for all you've done for us. Give us a good day and good service tonight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.